0: being said, uh, I've entitled today's message, uh, the, the series is called It's Your Move, and that will make sense in a little bit, but I've entitled uh, today's message, uh, Move with Compassionate Partnership. Uh, if, uh, if, if we understand anything about Scripture, we understand that we're in partnership with God, and we should be in partnership with, with each other. Uh, but I want to I take you to a passage of Scripture that we've been using uh, we we uh, launched last week this series in uh, Ma- Adam Matthew chapter 9, and I want to take you to verse 36, and this is Jesus, and I want you to see the heart of Jesus. I think sometimes we'll read the Word, and, and daily I read the Word of God. And, and sometimes, because I've been doing this for, for years, and I go through the Bible every year, and, uh, and, 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 and sometimes you can get into the Word, and, and you just read it, and you don't, you don't stop to pause and really capture the moment. Put yourself there. But here's Jesus. He's ministering. He's, he's reaching out to people because that's what He did. He, he, he came with a, a selfless life. He didn't come to be served, but he came to serve according to Scripture. He came to give his life as a, as a sacrifice on our behalf, and so he wasn't here for himself. You understand, when he, when he was walking this earth, he, was, he wasn't thinking about what he could get out of it, but what he could give while he was here. What can I do? The impact can I make? How, how, can I, how can I make this happen? And so here he is, he's ministering. Scripture says that he's out, he's healing, he's, he's doing miraculous things in the lives of people. And, and by the way, he still does that. Yes. And, and how does he do it in, in this day and age? He does it through what, what the Scripture says is the body, the church. And, and he uses us, and he wants to use us, and we want to always be mindful of that, that he delegated his ministry to his church. He delegated it to his body to live out here in this church. So with that, keep this in mind when we read this, that we're, we're his body here. And so what he does, we ought to be doing too. So here he is, he, he, he's moving in, in ministry, and then in verse 36 it says, but when he saw the multitudes... Something happened. There was something that triggered inside of him. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Something moved him. And that's where I got this title, it's It's your move. Uh, If we're going to be like Jesus, and we should be, then we ought to be moved with compassion when we see people, when we see the multitudes. There's lots of people in the city. There's lots of people in East Texas that, that needs what we have. And he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. They had no guidance, they had no direction, had no vision for their life. Then he said to his disciple, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labor is a few. When he talked about the harvest, he was talking about the amounts of people. And when he was talking about the labors, he was talking about the believers that ought to be reaching the harvest. And it goes on to say that the uh, labors is a few, therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into the harvest. And it just moved him to the point where he looked at his disciples and he says, something has to be done. Things cannot continue like this. There's too many hurting people. There's too many people that need relationship with, with me. There's too, many, there's too many people that need the touch of God in their life and he says he says we need to pray we need to make sure that we're a people of prayer and and we need to make sure that we're we're just uh just in, in tune to what god is saying concerning those that are hurting but most importantly we need to allow something to move us we need to allow uh, not only the hurts and the needs of the people, but the compassion of God within us to to move us. And and last week uh, I, I said something that, and if you weren't here, I said this is that the word compassion is an interesting word in that it's it has many meanings. And last week we unfolded the first meaning, and and that the meaning of compassion is to to love tenderly. And so we talked about last week how that looks and how we need to be moved with tender love towards people. When we see people that are lost, when we see people that are on the side of the road half dead, and we use the Good Samaritan as the picture... And that he was in the, uh, here on the side of the road and there was the, the priest and he saw them and he continued to walk on the other side of the road. And there was the Levite, which the Levite was a, is a representative of the Christian. Well, he kept walking on the side, other side of the road, but there was somebody that allowed compassion to move him. And, and it, was, it was the good Samaritan and he moved into action and did something. That's love in action. Love in action will make a, a life-giving difference. It'll change, it'll change the world of others. Amen. But today I want you to understand something about another aspect of, of compassion. Compassion is this. Compassion is to be a pain partner. When people are in pain, and let me tell you, if people don't know Christ, they're in pain. Because sin has is, is afflicted them. There is sin that the Bible says breeds death into the lives of people. And if there's no other reason why we need to be out reaching people during this season, uh, this Easter season, it ought to be because people are in sin and they need our help. They need our help to find the one that will help them out of that place of sin. We're not asking people into our church to come and, and to come perfect. As a matter of fact, we know that we all need Jesus. We all have issues. And so we want to we go after those that have issues. And, and what we want to do is we want to introduce them to the one that is perfect. And the Bible says that he'll perfect those things that concern us. And if we can ever connect people to, to Jesus, I believe that uh, Jesus will make the world a difference in their lives. And, and so we need to partner up with those that are in pain. We need to see that we're we're in partnership with those that don't even know Christ yet, that we're in partnership with those that are hurting and 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 sick and and afflicted, and so we we're to become pain partners. That's interesting about compassion. Guess what that good Samaritan did? He he partnered in. He partnered with that one that was on the side of the road, half dead. And guess what? He lived because somebody chose to partner up with. With, with with him. And I'm here to tell you that God will use you, he'll use us all. What's amazing to me, it just, uh, it, it really does amaze me. Uh, it amazes me that God can take the littlest thing that we do, the smallest act of kindness and love and and the smallest gesture, maybe it's a handshake, maybe it's a prayer, maybe it's just sharing something out of a heart that we should be sharing. And he'll take that little thing and make a big difference in the lives of others. Because that's what he can do. You remember the, 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 the five loaves and, and the two fish that fed not only the 5,000 men, but there was women and children that could have been up to 25,000 people. Back then, there was no birth control. And so they had, lots of, they had a lot of chillings then, back then. <laughs> lots, of, lots of kids. And, and, and let me tell you something. Jesus took the littlest thing and made the biggest impact. Amen. And he'll do that in our lives. So don't underestimate what God can do through you. If you'll just allow the compassion of God to move you into action, it's your move. God's willing to use you, but it's your move. Amen. How, how many of you understand that? Now, uh, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 says this, Therefore be imitators of God as dear children. We're to imitate God here on this earth. So when Jesus walked this earth, he did many things. And we can go back and we, re- we can reflect his stories. And, and we're, we're going to do that today. If you remember, there was uh, some people that came to Jesus one day and, and says, your friend is sick. He's on his deathbed. He's about to die. His name's Lazarus. How many of you heard that story before? And, and the Bible says that Jesus continued to minister for a couple of more days. And then he, he told his disciples, he says, he says, We need to go see Lazarus because he's asleep. And one of the disciples says, Yeah, he, I know he's asleep. And if he's asleep, he's going to be fine. And Jesus says, No, you don't understand. He's dead. And, and so he 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 went, and when he got there, he was met by Martha, and and Martha said, "Had you been here, he wouldn't have died," because she knew. And he says, "Yeah, but you you don't understand. I'm the resurrection, and I am the life." <laughs> he he says, "I'm bringing the goods that can change everything." Yeah, and, and and of course, you, you know that whole story, and I'm just going to take a, a few scriptures out of that story, but. But you know that whole story and when he walked into that situation and, and then Mary came and she said the same thing and, and the Bible says that Jesus wept. And then it goes on to say he groaned within himself and he was troubled. Long story short is that he eventually he called him forth and he Raised him from the dead. And then he was uh, bound in grave clothes. And he says, go loose him. And uh, he was loosed and he was brought back to life. Amen. You know, Jesus moved with compassion in that situation. And he made the biggest difference in, in, the, in the world of not only Lazarus, but grieving, grieving sisters. Mary and Martha were they were deeply hurt, and, and they were in pain because of their loss. We need to remember that through this time that there's always going to be things that people are going through. And, and he may not always raise somebody uh, from the dead, but although he could through us, but he does want to raise dead things up that are, are, are dead. It could be somebody's hope. It could be somebody's faith. It could be somebody's you know, marriage. It could be, uh, it could be a, a variety of different things that he wants to raise up. He wants to do that through us. So what I'd like to do for the next few moments that we have together is just pick that story apart. And just share some, some, some thoughts about being a pain partner with those that are, that are in, in trouble. And moving with compassion partnership and what that looks like, the first thing that I saw in this whole story is is this it, it means to suffer painful sympathy to su- As a matter of fact, I looked that up that 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 word compassion and it literally one of the definitions is it, it means to suffer painful sympathy. And if you remember in in the smallest verse in the Bible, is found in John chapter eleven verse thirty five and it says this Jesus wept yeah. he suffered some pain he was feeling that pain that that others were feeling in that situation. Guys, I think too many times we can allow ourselves to become desensitized to the needs and the hurts and the in lo- and, and the, and the sin of others yes. I, I, I was I, I'm always inviting people to church. I, I, I say this all the time. If I wasn't uh, pastoring this church, I would still come to this church because I love this church. I love our church. And I was inviting somebody to church and, and I've been inviting this individual over and over and then one, one, the, my last uh, conversation with him, I hadn't seen him since, but my last conversation, and I'll see him again. I'll keep reaching out to him. Uh, my last conversation to him is what he says. To be honest, he says, I, "I don't even believe in God," and 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 you don't know how it just it just ripped at my heart. And I am I, and I and he says I I grew up going to church, and he began to name different churches of different backgrounds. He tried, and he tried not picking on any denomination, but he tried denominational churches, Baptist churches, Methodist churches, Pentecostal churches. He says, I've tried them all. And I said, I am so sorry. And then he's attended here uh, two times. And, and I said, I am so sorry that you haven't experienced Jesus. I said, he is real, and I'm so sorry. I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to pray for you. And uh, I, I said, my desire is that you would come to know him and that he would become real to you. Because he's just that good. Yes, he he's just that good. And I remember, I, 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 don't, I don't forget, I remember when people was witnessing to me and, and I just couldn't comprehend. I, he, he wasn't real. Right. He just wasn't real to me. I knew that there was God, but he just wasn't real. And honestly, there is no such thing as really an atheist in that in 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 that how can an atheist be convinced that there is that there is no God when an atheist is doesn't know everything. In order for you to be an atheist is to be all knowing. Isn't that true? And, and, and you, you'd have to know everything. You'd have to know everything that there is to know. How can you be absolutely 100% knowing that there's no God if you don't know everything? And, and so it, the reason is, is they, they just haven't hadn't had a, an encounter with Jesus. And I'm telling you, it hurt my heart. And I apologized to him. And I said, listen... I, I want you to know him. And I remember, because I go back, I remember when I didn't, I you know, people were inviting me and they were reaching out to me and I'm so grateful for the diligence of people and people's prayers that one day I came to Jesus and I gave my life to Christ, this alcoholic person that was doing drugs. I wouldn't call myself a drug, even though my history was dealing drugs, doing drugs, that type of thing. And, and God took my life and he saved me. And five days later, Uh, He filled me with his spirit and delivered me instantly, and I've not had a drop or a smoke or a snort snort since. Amen? That's been over 30 some odd years, and it radically changed my life. Why? What made the difference? He became real. And let me tell you what really made the difference is because there was somebody that had compassion that I am eternally grateful for that reached out and developed a relationship with me and if you've been around here you've heard me talk about this and I'm so grateful and appreciative of this person that reached out to me with compassion and touched my life he had painful he had suffered some painful sympathy for me I was in need and if we don't move out and allow the pain and the hurts of others we're not going to move out in, in in touching people's lives, the second thing that I saw in this whole setting, and also from going in and studying this, and and uh, the letting letting uh, letting it be defined for me not by what I'm coming up with, but by by what uh, what uh, Scripture talks about, and it's this: it says Jesus was moved, and we ought to be moved. We ought to be moved with indignation. Due to injustice. And, and that's literally one of the meanings. The, if you go into the Greek definition. It was written in the Greek. You go in. And that's literally what it, what it says. That he was moved with indignation due to injustice. And, and remember in John chapter 11 verse 33. Let's look at that together. It says, Therefore when Jesus saw her weeping... And the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and was troubled. Then Jesus again, groaning in verse 38, it said it again. Jesus groaning in himself came to the tomb. That groaning in the Greek literally means to become indignant and to roar. It means to become angry because of the injustice. Because you just hate it. One thing that I it just it just angers me when I hear about people being sick. I don't know. There's just something about I, I, definitely about sin. It it hurts me. It moves me. I, I'll do anything short of sin to to reach people. We'll do whatever it takes to reach people. Uh, but when people are sick, it just it, there's just something this this roar, this roar inside of me about those that are sick. And I I, I hate it. And I want to pray for the sick because I know that we have the power of God. You hear me say this if you're around here on a regular basis. You hear me say this at the end. We give opportunity for people to be prayed for. And I say when people of faith pray for people in faith, miracles happen. Miraculous miracles. And and I want to see that. And what moves me for us to have a time of prayer is because we have a heart of compassion for those that are hurting. Oh, yeah. We don't want anybody to suffer hurt or pain or, 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 or anything like that. We want, we, want it, we want that roar in us. Yes. And we need to get that roar concerning the pains of others. Yes. And I'm so grateful that God works through us. Amen. And so I'm going to ask, uh, let me get a mic here. I'm going to ask, I forgot to talk to you earlier, but I talked to you, you know how I am, if you're around here. <laughs> Who is it? Miss Gloria, come on up here, ma'am. I, I did talk to her the other day. And she's going to share really quick. She's just going to share one minute. i am I got to limit people, one minute. One minute that's all. That's it, one minute, come on. This is Miss Gloria. and But she was sharing with me uh, uh, last week or Wednesday uh, of how uh there was a time of prayer that took place and it made a difference in her life tell us about that would you
1: um about well years ago
0: Hey hold on just a second make sure this gets recorded put okay thank you go
1: ahead years ago going to the doctor and they found a spot on my lungs and so a couple of months I don't even think it was been that long but I came in and Pastor was talking about prayer so I felt this is the opportunity for me to reach out and to let someone pray for me. And so when I did that, he directed me to Miss Vicki, and I went, and she prayed for me. And I was explaining to her that I was going to go to the doctor the next day, and I was telling her about the spot that they found on my lungs. But So when they did, they did a X X-ray, and they, the spot was still there, but it was like 17 millimeters or whatever, kind of small or whatever. But after the prayer, when I came and I prayed, when Vicki prayed with me, when I came back and I shared with her, I said they found that it was only 12% instead of the 17, so it shrunk. So when I went back the following week, and then that's when they did a PET scan or something like that. It called. There was no spot at all.
0: Praise God. None Amen.
1: whatsoever. So now they're telling me to come back in six months just to see, but we know that it's no spot.
0: Amen. Give me hugs. God bless you. Thank you. Didn't she do well? Amen. Thank you. Yes. Let me let me say this because I, I want I want you to understand. Let me let let me let you understand something uh, about how God works. He works through availability. If you'll just be available. If you'll it's your move. If you'll just step step out and let God move through you as you move out, then he will do in a moment of time what it would take us a lifetime to accomplish. No, never underestimate just the, the moments in life. I've, I've learned that over years. Years of ministry, uh, it's, you know, it doesn't have to be prolonged services, worship. Uh, your prayer doesn't have to be prolonged. Uh, it, it, it's just being available, having the faith to know that God's going to use you. And if you'll, just, if you'll position yourself... To be used by God and just step out and and let the let the responsibility be on God on how or what takes place. That's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is just to be obedient to move out with compassion and then let Him do the miraculous. Amen. You got that? But we, we've we've got to have that. Uh, we just got to. Uh, to me, it's just an unjust thing. It's just a injustice to. For somebody to be sick, oh devil 's a liar, Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of who the devil. One thing that I discovered about Jesus is he never did go around putting sickness on dis- and disease on people. He went about setting people free. He came to set the captives free. I love that, I love that amen and so that that was the second thing in this whole story, but let me just give you one more one more closing thought. As we are here together, and it's this that I saw from this story, is that that we allow compassion, we partner with people to help revive and restore life. Restore life. Uh, Lazarus was dead, right? And uh, in John chapter 11, verse 25, he told Martha, he says, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And so he he, he came to, the scripture tells us that Jesus came to give us life and give it to us more abundantly. That word resurrection means to, to stand up and to recover. It means to stand up and to recover. And so we have the resurrection life in us. Uh, that will cause people to stand up and recover. Uh, if, we'll, if we'll just tap into it, the, the, the power of God lives and resides in the believer. Uh, it, I say this about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, He, he didn't come to live in you to be a, a spiritual hitchhiker. He came, to, he came to live in you and I, to, to work in us and, and, and then work through us. And that's the glorious thing about the Christian life. We're not called to live a natural, ordinary life, but we're called to uh, live a supernatural life. And, and so I want all of us today just to get ready, just to get ready, just to get ready. When I get opportunity to pray for people, I pray for people. I was, the other day, uh, Tim, uh, our, you saw him, he and his wife out there doing our parking, uh, doing a fabulous job out there, by the way. <laughs> Amen, and uh, and you that are clapping, some of you you haven't you haven't yet connected to church. on move. Great place to connect. Great team to be a part of. Yes. The first impressions of people are the lasting impressions, and they give a great uh, impression. But they went on vacation, and while they were on vacation, Tim got hit hard, wow. and uh, and and I remember when he came back, he had been struggling uh physically, As a matter of fact he he got he he was out some work, I believe, and anyway uh and so I prayed with him on Sunday, and he had been struggling with it, and then he texted me Monday, and I can't remember exactly what you texted him, but he thanked me for praying for him, and that uh that had lifted and subsided. And, and I'm so grateful for the power of God that lives in us, the resurrection in the life that helps revive and restore people. Uh, Dan came into our, our, once a month we have a, a team uh, uh, night for all of our, our dream teamers where we come together and and I, I'm able to share and I'm able to teach some leadership and that type of thing. And, and Dan, he got hit on Sunday and uh, afternoon and, I mean, he got slammed, I mean, really hard and Dan's hardly ever down, but he got slammed hard, and he pushed through. He almost thought, ah, I better not come, uh, but he pushed through, and he came to fuel and that night. That's what we're calling it at this point. <laughs> I'm changing the name of that. <laughs> it's <laughs> team night, or something. Anyway, he came to that night, and, uh, and then I think before he left, I prayed for him, and, and that night, a uh, little later, he texted me back and said, hey, I'm I'm good to go, man. I'm good to go. I'm as ornery as ever, <laughs> amen. And, and and I don't take any credit. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you, you. You. We we have the ability to help restore and to revive, to revive and restore people inside of us. The resurrection life lives within the believer, and we need to understand that, amen. And so let's get excited about Easter and how God's not only going to use us in our, our corporate setting, in our church, but I'm talking about leading up to them, uh, uh, leading up to that day. Let's get out and let's let God motivate us and move us uh, in, 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 a, in a way that's going to make a life-giving difference in the lives of others. I, w- I want to close with this scripture, if you will. And uh, it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. It says this. It says, we then, are workers together with him, also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. God's given us a grace. I like to, I like to define grace this way. It's God's divine, divine, divine influence. Not three times. I was just trying to get it out. <laughs> it's God's divine influence. It's also his power, his ability to accomplish his will here on this earth. That's what grace is. Grace gives us the ability and the power to accomplish what God wants to accomplish through our life. You ever heard somebody say, well, they're just graced for that. And they're right. God's given them the power and the ability to be able to accomplish. Let me tell you something. We're all graced to reach the lost. Amen. And we don't want to receive it in vain. That means we want to make sure that we're activating it. It's our move to move out. My heart is for people. Yeah. We have such a love for people that it, it, it hurts me, it pains me. As a matter of fact, there were just a few names that went through my mind and my heart that just ached me just now, even as I was talking. And You, you understand, you, uh, you can be in, in conversation with somebody and while you're in conversation with somebody, you have self-talk yeah. going on. God's done some amazing things in us. I mean, and, and you're sitting there listening to me, and at the same time of listening to me, you've got this self-talk going on. Well, I had that just going on inside of me, and my heart's aching for some people. And maybe that's you right now. Maybe, maybe there's some people that God's brought to mind that your heart just aching for right now. My point is, what's the Holy Spirit saying to you? Who do you need to reach out to? It's your move. If you'll move out, I believe God will use you in a great way to revive and restore people in their lives and bring life back to them. Amen? Let's pray.